Hey everybody, this is Dean just breaking in at the front of this episode because I, I flubbed up this episode. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say. So for some reason, I kept calling, I kept referring to Colonel Ty in this episode. I kept referring to the actor as Paul Hogan. No, it's not Paul Hogan. In fact, I think I've done that more than once on this podcast, which is very embarrassing. His name is Michael Hogan, not Paul Hogan. He is not, in fact, Crocodile Dundee. My name's Paul Hogan. I'm from Australia. No, wrong guy. Michael Hogan from Canada, I believe, is who plays Colonel Saul Ty. I don't know why I had Paul Hogan stuck in my head. As my wonderful co-host Matthew pointed out, there's only so many Hogans, uh, so I should probably get on top of that. I think he texted me today. He's like, one's in a POW camp, one wrestles, <laughs> one wrestles wrestlers, one wrestles crocodiles, one's on a battle star. So I appreciate that text from him. It was really funny. So I just wanted to tell you, when you're listening to this episode and you hear me refer to Colonel Ty as Paul Hogan, please understand that I caught this only too late. At least I addressed it at the front of this episode. But please uh, understand that I made a big mistake. No offense, of course, was meant. And uh, we all love Michael Hogan and Paul Hogan. But uh, we don't want to confuse our Hogans going forward. Know what I mean, brother? All right, let's get to the episode. Welcome to Recommissioned, a Battlestar Galactica podcast by LSG Media. Hi, I'm Dean, and I've seen every episode of BSG. Hi, I'm Matthew, and I haven't seen any episode of BSG. On this week's episode, we bring you Season 2, Episode 1, Scattered. This be a prelude to a silent attack. How would they know where we are? Valeri could have told them, sir. What? How? When we were aboard the base star, she left the raptor for a few minutes and came back without her helmet. She might have told the Cylons everything, our position, defenses. Colonel, the toasters have knocked out our CO. This has got to be part of a bigger plan. I recommend we execute jump to emergency standby coordinates. Colonel, I've located Doc Cottle. He's aboard the Rising Star. Dratus! Single contact. Cylon base star, bearing 487 Karam 015. Sir, we can't stay here. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I am Dean, and I'm joined by Matthew. We are back at it again for another season of Battlestar Galactica Reimagined. Uh, we're going to be talking about the opening of season two, and this is going to be a good time. It's been a while. I'm excited about it. How you doing tonight, Matt? Quite good. Quite thirsty. Uh, so this has been <laughs> this has been one of those experiences where I'm like. Why did I commit to this show and not watching ahead? Son of a bitch. Mm. Because to, to part the veil here, I think I watched this episode for the first time a month and a half ago. No kidding. Maybe two months ago. So you're chomping at I've the bit. And I've been chomping at the bit to cover it and get to the next one. Mm. So I still haven't watched the next one yet, of course. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and remind people what exactly uh, you're saying and why it matters is because of this. Matthew Anderson has not seen any of these episodes other than the one we're covering. And I've seen all of these episodes, as we say in the beginning of the show. And, uh, well, <clears throat> it's, been a, it's been a little bit of time here. So uh, the way we're recording this is uh, you're going to be listening to this as we release them at a regular interval. And, uh, but we're recording these a long time in advance. Uh, for example, the day of this recording is April 24th, 2017. If you're part of the general public, you're probably not even hearing it until 2018. We decided to record so, these all on the, on the down low. 
And so uh, we're hopefully, hopefully you're hearing this in the underground resistance bunker fighting off the alien invasion. Indeed, indeed. And this, is, this is your downtime entertainment. And we're hopeful that uh, we can get through all of these. And uh, we, we are doing it kind of as a side project. So obviously our regular podcast being a science fiction film podcast, we wanted to record these on the quiet and then let people know we were doing it, which we have officially done. Uh, as of this date on our science fiction feed. So uh, people probably, uh, if they, if this is your first time tuning in, we will spoil this episode. So that's important. Please know we're going to spoil this episode. We're going to probably say some bad words. It's an explicit rated podcast. And uh, that's really about it. As of the recording of this, our plan was to release one of these when it does go to general public every week. I'm actually rethinking that, but uh, that's a conversation for Matthew and I to have off air. And uh, you'll know what's going to happen before it happens anyway because of uh we're, we're virtually time traveling here <laughs> <laughs> true anyway so um let's get to your initial impressions for scattered oh yeah baby this is how to start a season of television Good i stuff. love it yeah it's fucking excellent like damn you you know well you know that's the thing you know when you go back and watch something that is completed, uh, and you, you know you can have no time at all between the end of one season and the beginning of another. Those are both high energy times uh, for a season of television. You know your closer and your opener, um, and so the energy is is still at a fever pitch from the ending of the last one where we ended on that cliffhanger of Adama getting shot. We don't know if he's dead. They now are, you know, all of Galactica is aware that Boomer is a Cylon and boom, cut credits. And we pick up right there, man, right in the midst of it, which I think was a great choice uh, to just start in the fray once again. But, oh, my God, yeah, this is, I enjoyed the hell out of this. And even, you know, watching it again uh, in preparation for the podcast, like I said, I watched it about maybe a month and a half, two months ago, and I, you know, I just watched it for a second time. Some of the surprises got me again. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that Boomer steals <laughs> Hilo's ship. Oh, fuck. Yep. A couple, a couple of things jumped back out at me again. So that's, that's damn well-written TV if I can watch it and then watch it a little later and be still surprised. Still again. Um, but, man, I, I, it, you know, the main thing for me is that I am consistently blown away by how well this show can balance all its characters. Uh, I, I think this is one of the the episodes I would go to as an example of I am equally interested in every storyline here. Uh, I think at the end of the day, we, you kind of default to being interested in what's going on uh, the actual Battlestar Galactica in this episode because that's where Adama is. And, he, you know, we're trying to figure out if he's alive or dead. Uh, you know, Lee is in his cell. Ty, you know, and it's a very Ty-focused episode with him having to finally step up, and, and we're, we're going to even to his past a little bit. It's a li- you know, it leans a little more towards the Galactica, but all of the storylines are are so fucking well done. Like, there's not one where I'm going, oh, not this one. I want to get back to the other stories, the other people. I'm I'm equally interested in all of them, uh, and that's a feat, man. That that's still impresses me about this show. So. I'm I'm fucking I'm riding high on this episode. I'm I'm just feeling it, ready to dive in. So yeah, man. How about how about you? Are you finally happy to get to our to our season two? Yeah. Well, first I just want to say I really appreciate your energy here because uh, I love this episode and I'm glad to hear that you're so high on it. And oh, yeah. um, it was a, it's one of those things where as I talked about a few minutes ago, we we would we're not recording these every week. We're trying to record them multiple times per month if we can 
And then every time I sit down and watch an episode, and Scattered is a great example of this, I say to myself, what have I been waiting for? Oh, totally. It's so good. Totally. It's such a great episode. We've waited way too long to get into season two, which, of course, the listener is not going to be affected by. But I am so excited to be right back in the thick of Battlestar Galactica. And when oh I God, was totally. watching this, I think that you said it best when you said, I'm equally interested in every storyline. 100%. That is a very succinct way to describe how well this episode is structured. The stuff with Ty, the stuff on Kobo, the stuff in the cell. It, it, and it all gets the perfect amount of time, in my opinion. It's all balanced so well. And Very. we get to look at these characters and see what's going on. And I think it's just great television. This episode is wonderful. I have very little oh, complaints yeah. about it. <clears throat> and it's good. It's good to be back into season two. And uh, as people know, as I've seen this. So I kind of know what's going on here. I know what's going to happen. So it's going to be fun to work our way through this. Um, now, in season one, when we covered this, we did trivia. We're not doing that anymore. Um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I, after one season of approximately 20 episodes with a miniseries included, I started to run out of creative ways to lie to Matthew in an attempt to trick him without being too spoilerish. And to be honest with you, it's just way too taxing. So I know that uh, that's probably not going to be a super popular decision for our listeners. It was fun. It was fun while it lasted, but it, it's starting to get, it started to become too cumbersome and less enjoyable for me personally to arrange because I would have to, for for example, with our production schedule, I would have to watch not only this episode, uh, the next one to remember what the fuck happened because I haven't seen the show in years to then get trivia questions to then tease Matthew and hope that those teasers weren't big spoilers. And I can only lie about certain characters so many times. And I felt like the sweet spot for that segment was the first season. And now we can be done with that. So, Hopefully everybody. So what Dean's trying that. to say is he refuses to suffer in even the slightest inconvenient way for your entertainment. That's wow. how dedicated he is. To you. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so kidding. There you kidding. Are. I'm actually always amazed at how how many questions you were able to pull uh, for season one. Yeah, and we did like three, four, sometimes five. We tried to mix up the questions, but if we come up with any other cool segments or games uh, along the way, we still got three full seasons of tv to cover here so we will uh we'll, maybe we'll come up with something but uh, anyway i'm excited about this man i i'm i'm looking forward to your observations there are a lot of things here that were said there's a lot of moments in this that i wish we were in the same room watching it i want to watch your expressions oh, as things totally. unfold before you but uh let's <laughs> dive right in so wait let me give you my initial impression so obviously i've yeah. seen this so my initial impression is going to be a little bit different but I'll tell you about my memory of this. So I seem to remember season two being less favorable than season one. And I really? don't remember all the details as to why. There's a couple of moments that I recall that bothered me. Um, and then I saw some people who were really down on season three. And then some people didn't like the ending. But I fucking loved season three. I thought it was wonderful. Uh, so um, Yeah, I... You know, and I've said this before. I'm still very, very, very careful to not spoil anything about uh, the show for myself. But I have the one thing I have picked up on is a lot of people going, oh, but the show didn't stick the landing. Oh, season four is kind of weak or the last couple episodes are kind of weak or something that people have been unsatisfied with that. I it's have absolutely 50/50. no idea why. It's 50-50. Yeah. I actually okay. liked the ending. I'm one of those people who did like it. 
okay. especially on a rewatch. I, I have watched the ending again. I did I did a rewatch of this not that long ago, and uh, I liked it. I'm curious what I'm going to... That, that was a couple of years ago. I'm curious what I'm going to think about it now, having seen... I mean, the television bar has been raised very high since this yeah. show has come and gone. And this show was way ahead of its time, and I feel like it would be so much better off had it come out now. <clears throat> Marketing and social media, I feel like it would have been a huge craze. There would have been massive followings and social media this and Twitter that, and I feel like it could have done a lot better now. And, you know, one of the things we talked about maybe in one of the first few episodes we did, we talked about the sexuality of the show and how back then it seemed so high and it's so tame by today's standards. So tame. So now. tame yeah. by today's standards. And uh, so I think a lot of this stuff, I wonder if it was a little too, if it came out a little too soon. Um, but I'm not, not saying that it didn't do well, but it may have done better. I don't know. It's possible. No, I agree. I do agree. But I recall, um, so... Despite me recalling season two less favorably than season one, um, which might be totally wrong. I mean, I could be misremembering this, which is very possible. <laughs> this episode is fantastic. Um, it's no secret how I feel about Colonel Ty. You know this. I've spoke oh, yeah. highly of him before. I think Paul Hogan, I believe is his name, is outstanding. I'm currently watching Fargo season two, and he is in it. And he looks oh. the same. <laughs> he looks Shit. the same. Looks the same. And well, now I need to watch that show. Yes, Fargo is fantastic. It's so good. It's so good. I highly recommend if you're listening to it's this. It's one of my favorite movies, and I haven't watched a single solitary second oh of the God, show. Oh, my God, you'd love it. You'd love it. I bet. Um, and it's on Hulu, which you oh, have shit. access to. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing watching this old dead show? <laughs> you might be onto something there. Um, <laughs> no, but honestly, it's, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. But Paul Hogan is outstanding, and I love the Colonel Ty character. I think there is something about him. He's not just a stereotypical hard ass. There's something about him that I really appreciate. And I think it comes through in this episode. And the standout moments for me was Colonel Ty taking care of people. Uh, Colonel Ty stepping up to the plate. Colonel Ty uh, going against standing orders that are essentially like the prime directive as far as Adama is concerned with the networking of the computers. Um, going easy on Gata when he flubs up the coordinates. Um, and just this whole thing with him is so good. Him having the wherewithal. There's so many moments for Ty. All the stuff I just mentioned. Him yeah. listening to people, making decisions. Him doing things like allowing, essentially letting Apollo out on furlough because he knows he needs the pilots and not getting so wrapped up in the, in the hardline stances that he's so, that we seem to think he always takes like, this is it. This is the way it is. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, he's, yeah, he's able yeah. to adapt on the fly. He's able to, to go against Adama's standing orders, which is crazy and make these hard decisions. And uh, it was a real pleasure to watch Ty at work. He stepped out of the shadow of Adama because he had to, because Adama's shadow is in critical condition, laying in the in the uh, infirmary. And I just really appreciated the stuff out of Ty. I, stu- I appreciated all the stuff out of Chief Tiro. Uh, he's outstanding. This was a standout episode for him, for sure. And I think, I feel like this is one of those moments where the show goes, we are very interested in Chief Tiro and yeah. his potential. So yeah. there's I that. Agree. Um, and then, you know, the rest of it kind of falls into play too. I like the stuff with Gata. Of course, he was excellent. and uh, Just just good TV overall. 
the balancing, like you said, the balance between the storylines is strong and you never are hoping they cut away from it because you want to go back to the thing that's more interesting. I mean, exactly. with a gun to my head, some are more interested in, by default than others because that's just how we are. But you're always like, awesome, I just want to keep watching the scene. You don't, you're not looking for the end of the scene. You're not, you know, one of the issues we have as we cover The Walking Dead is going, fucking let's go. Come on, enough of this scene. <laughs> and I didn't feel that at all in this particular episode. So. What are you talking about, dude? Never felt that. <laughs> what are you talking about? Lies. <laughs> Liar. Let's dive in, yeah. brother. Hell yeah. So we get to the beginning. Right where we left off, as you pointed out, we have a trauma team. Hard at work on Adama. Lee freaking out. I mean, Jamie Bamber, is that his name? Is, is so. really freaking out here. You know, screaming. Oh, yeah. It's his father. This is him. This is pretty good acting here. I thought that this guy did a good job of really pouring it out. Um, you got a sense for how he must feel being handcuffed and not being able to help his father, who's shot right in front of him. That's very traumatic. Oh, yeah. uh, the expressions on Hogan's face, Colonel Ty, as they it's, it opens with him just pressing on the wound. And we get this shot of just him watching Adama, hoping Adama doesn't die, and, and him glancing around at the people, at these, at these trauma medics who are working on Boomer's confused. All of this and, stuff is great. Oh, I love, yeah, the the reveal here from Boomer. It's not really much of a reveal, but it's it's more of a reminder that she genuinely doesn't understand. It's like we the only other time we got a, a clear look at this was the the water episode where we see her in the the post act of of the phase only. Yes, you know she wakes up. And she's like not, you know, she realizes she's wet. She's been doing something, but she has no idea what. And I imagine that that's the exact same experience she's having right here is her waking up in the midst of being hauled off the floor by guards and looking around like, what the hell? Where even am I? I don't know. Uh, and I love her her confusion going to shock, going to I, I, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. Oh, man. It, there's just this is such sometimes, you know, every now and then it, it's hard for a show to portray chaos in a way that seems sure. realistic and I, I feel like this this the tempo of the scene a- achieved that there is so there are so many people trying to vie for attention in a different way like apollo is trying to you know fight with ty again about i shouldn't be put in the brig he's my father you know like i want to be there with him while at the same time boomer screaming for i didn't even do anything i didn't do anything trying to get everybody's attention to try and you know you know justify herself and it's just this whole mess as you can just watch ty's reaction basically sitting there realizing that for one i'm gonna have to take the reins now uh but also i the 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 first emotion i read on ty's face is is anguish and fear i mean like i it really drives home how how much he sees adama as not just a you know a shipmate or a person he respects you know it's not just somebody who has been you know a mentor or something to him but a very very close personal friend absolutely uh, portraying chaos is uh, is something I want to touch upon uh, of that stuff you just said because there's a couple of distinct things that they do in this scene. And in my opinion, it highlights the drama unfolding before us. And to put us in that situation, we are going to see Ty. And I think you said, was it terrified you used? Yeah. He is, right? He's thinking, A, I don't want my best friend to die. B, I, I'm not, I don't want to run. I don't want to be the commander-in-chief to restate that, I don't want to be the military commander of the human civilization. Right. Right. 
there's that. And then there is a couple of things that they decide to do. First of all, blood all over Lee's hands. That's a very visceral thing. Your father's blood all over you. Yeah. The blood on oh. Ty's hand when he points, put that thing in the brig. His hand is covered Oof. in blood. That moment where the medics slide Adama off onto the gurney. Oh my God. That moment, man. It just, he looks so dead yes. and vulnerable. In that yes. He looks like a corpse already. It's great. Uh, that's, those are some of the highlights I appreciate. Uh, you talking about the chaos here, I appreciate that as well. And then to highlight that chaos, we get these visceral moments of real bad news. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh my God. Yeah. It's excellent. And it doesn't end, it doesn't end here. They 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 no. raise the stakes, right? We get uh, Gata talking, trying to make sense of everything. Ty ordering Lee locked up, right? Which does not go well with Lee. He screams, he's my father, he's my father. Uh, Kelly wonders if this is a prelude to attack. And then suddenly, Andretus, we get contact. Single base star. Kelly says, listen, we can't stay here. Ty has a couple of flashbacks. Ty orders the emergency jump, despite the fact that a few things. Yeah. Who does Ty love more than anyone? Adama. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Now, he still decides that he's going to jump away, even though Doc Cottle's not on board. He's like, I'm sorry. We have to jump away. He knows that yeah. this is the right thing to do. And even though they're, they're crashed Raptor with uh, Gaius and everybody else, yep. is still down. Yeah, still down on uh, Cobalt. Powerful Saltar. <laughs> Escape coordinates Alpha. D says Mark. Boom. They jump away. <clears throat> That's it. That's it. Oh. Decisive, great scene. I mean, yeah, what, no, what, this, a, this, what a what this a what opener is fantastic. Very kinetic. So Rosalind and Lee, my father's been shot. He reports. Uh, Lee cries about his hand restraints. Uh, Rosalind's expressions here are wonderful. You can tell that she is concerned. Uh, there's a moment where she's looking through the bars at Lee. What? what? She's asking, what, "What do you mean?" She needs details. She doesn't know what's going on. Only his account. He's clearly shaken. He's yelling at the Marine about the restraints. Oh, yeah. Totally disheveled. None of his none of his composure anymore. Uh, she hears that he was shot twice and uh, no Doc Cottle. That's it. That is Bad news. So. And this, uh, of any episode of the series so far, Rosalind is pretty neutralized. Like, she really is. You know, we get to see uh, Lee come, you know, come back out of the you know cell later on. But Rosalind is here for the entire episode, and all she, you know, she's left asking questions only. Um, and Ty, you know, as we see later on, doesn't give her the time of day at all, mm-hmm. which was kind of a, I guess you could say an incorrect prediction of mine from the last episode, because I kind of thought the the surprising turn in, in uh, Ty was going to be his maybe, you know, softness for, for uh, Rosalind here, that he was going to turn and be like, okay. Maybe, maybe we kind of turn our heads from <laughs> from your previous decision, uh, you know, and I don't go down the path that Adamo was trying to go down. But it seems like he is one hundred percent loyal, loyal dog on that front. Um, and like what you like you were saying in your first impressions, what surprised me was more Ty's uh, adeptness at being the leader who can not chastise, who can kind of overlook small faults in his men, and you know, in the moment for the for the cause of the greater good especially as it relates to just team morale but the thing about oh, yeah. Rosalind, i think is a, an interesting decision because let's let's not forget about kobo's last gleaming part two or one whatever it was kobo's last gleaming 
was her sending Starbuck off and Adama not taking that well. And he says, I'm terminating your, preg- your pregnancy. I'm terminating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kick you in the stomach. I'm terminating your pregnancy. <laughs> Get your feet up in the stirrups, president. Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to crush up plan B in your cereal. Colonel Todd, get the plunger. Oh, God. We don't have any plungers, oh. Bill. All right. Get the coat hanger. Um, no, I'm terminating your presidency. Jesus, that's a good slip up, huh? And, uh, <laughs> Hold her still. Oh, God. The most uncomfortable, unbearable scene of television. Of all time. Oh, of all, give me a plunger and a bucket. (laughs) (laughs) Bill, do you want some rubber gloves? No. God, am I watching Battlestar or Hostel 4? Is this the same? What is this? Are you guys covering the same show you said you were covering? (laughs) Unsubscribe. Well. Oh, good Lord. No, (laughs) what he's saying is, um, what the fuck was I going to say now? Yeah, this is coming off of him terminating her presidency. Yes. Because she did some mutinous behavior. Stuff behind the Adama's back, uh, sending military assets off, which he needed for a mission, which essentially made the mission defunct, and it pissed him off. So she surrenders to avoid bloodshed. And uh, now we're right back on the heels of this. Now, one of the things I could see Ty reasoning in this moment would be, I'm dealing with all this shit right now. I'm not opening the cell to deal with this right now. Right. Rosalind's 100%. dealt with right now. Let me deal with this right now, and then we'll figure other shit out. <laughs> so many more pressing concerns. So many more pressing concerns. How to put our president on trial. Yeah. So many more pressing concerns and like, oh, who's the voice of the people? Who fucking cares? We're under attack. Right. We don't care anymore. We're under imminent physical attack right this minute. So jump completed, Gata says, but no contacts, including... Oh. The Colonial Fleet, Matthew. Dude, this blue... My jaw was hanging off my face (laughs) at the start of this episode because, you know, we're here getting the resolve of last season's cliffhanger and two minutes into the episode, we're on a cliffhanger. I was like, oh my God. Really? And I, you know, this show has convinced me that it has the guts at this point where I was like, oh... So that's that. Like, the fleet might be gone. Like, the, now from this point, moment forward, it's just the population of the Galactica that they that we can for sure know still exists. And maybe, yeah, the fleet is not a thing anymore. I was like, holy shit, they lost them. That's it. Uh, I, I, you know, I feel like this show has the guts to, you know, to not pull that punch. Indeed. But no colonial so signals. They're gone, D reports. Dude. And then we get this. face Oof. right here. <laughs> You can, you know, for one, he's uh, also, again, still horrified of, oh, my God, the, you know, the rest of the fleet, you know, what could be happening to them? Could they have been ambushed as well? And all of the terrible thoughts that must be going through his mind. But I can also see him being like, thank God there is no upper brass committee still in existence or they'd have my ass. My The first decision I make as an acting commander leads to this. Mm, yeah, shit. no shit. So establishing shot of Galactica alone in space. I like that. And then we get our Love. opening credits with no teaser mashup. No. What do yes, you think which I It's almost like liked. we're following Sue, right? They drop a thing, we drop a thing. <laughs> That's true. What do you know? Was that your inspiration, Dean? No. Your inspiration to be lazier? 
Fair. Uh, but no, I actually like. <laughs> I liked it. I liked because uh, to be honest, I always skipped those those bum ba bum ba bum ba bum ba thing. I was just like, eh, I don't really care. Gotcha. I want to see this stuff in the episode. You don't got to show me now. You don't got to tease me. Yeah, I think it comes back, but I can't recall. Uh, and after that, we go right into some wackadoo wacky stuff. <laughs> wackadoo wacky. Wackadoo wacky. Yeah. Isn't she beautiful, Gaius? Gaius. No. no. And- Gaius. <laughs> <laughs> All dreamy-eyed. Always. My bloody human husband. I wish Shix was more sensual. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> So uh, they discuss parenthood. You're going to make a wonderful father, Six says to him. And he kind of pauses and he says, you're speaking metaphorically, of course. And that's that's the question for this entire mm. scene. Uh, we still, So I, I would say that this scene gives enough and you know, the dialogue from Six gives enough to, to confirm that, no, we are talking about the combination of our... DNA, or I don't know what it would be for the style, but we yes, me and you together have created a hybrid life form of a kind. But I still don't know how literally oh, it's meant. Like I, like I, I believe that you know, and the way she says it, he's like, oh, well, but it's not here, and she's like, yeah, no, not yet, but it's it already exists. She does say yes yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, and if it's you, not here yet. If you haven't seen it in a while, there. this is the scene where the two of them get together and they're like, Geis is doing one of his like astral plane walks and he's right. in this like opera house and they're looking down at a crib at a baby. We see a little baby hand. Yeah, we see the hand this time. Indeed. We did not see it last time and it's not metal. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's not a toaster arm. And, uh, and Gaius... Doesn't understand, and he asks, you're the mother. And Six's answer is, and you're the father. Okay. And then Guy starts to come around, am I the father, question mark. And then we go right to Raptor Crash Site 1, and we see Callie helping up the good doctor. And she says, get up, and if you wouldn't mind carrying something, that'd be great. (laughs) You rich, weird fuck. (laughs) (laughs) And um, we see our boy, so Sinus. We haven't seen him in a while, huh? Yeah, I had kind of forgotten about it. Well, <laughs> yeah, like, he's oh. minor. He takes the heat for the Chiefs fuck up when the Sergeant Hadrian's going after them. Yeah, that's right. Right? That's what happens to him. One of my kids! What? One of my kids! The Chief says. <laughs> he's all mad. Well, yeah, this guy just gets it every time. Jesus. Jesus. So, uh, poor Sosinus. Uh, Gaius asks Crash Down what the plan is, and uh, he says they're going to go to a tree line, keep the camp in sight, yada, yada. And then this noise sort of rips through the sky. Wouldn't crash down, get spooked, and wants to oh, yeah. bug out. Uh, Chief says, "Well, we we don't have we don't we got to make sure we have everything. They haven't done any supply checks. We got to make sure they have what they have." And crash down just yells, "No!" And they go on the move. There's no time. He yells back, "No time." Well then, with Chief going, "Nah, shit," <laughs> right, right. reluctantly it, following. And there was an explosion too, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, right? I, they do hear more sounds. Yeah, they, they they're definitely. I it sounds like there are multiple uh, Charlies coming through. Gotcha. So we have uh, crash down, right? That's the lieutenant, Tarn, Chief Tyrrell, and Cali. Uh, so Sinus is banged up, and then I'm not sure the medic's name. 
Um, oh, according yeah. to the credits on Wikipedia, there is a paramedic Kim and a paramedic Ishay. I-S-H-A-Y. Um, oh, well, obviously it must be paramedic Ishay because that's played by Kerry Norton, not Kurt Evans. <laughs> well, there you go. So Kerry Norton is married to Leah Dama in real life, still to the day. Whoa. Yeah. Well, damn. How about that? Pretty crazy, huh? Um, but she's done huh. some acting before. Uh, paramedic um, with her real-life husband, Major Lee Apollo Adama. Uh, but no, that doesn't make sense. Because it's saying Ishe saves Commander Adama's life when shot by Sharon Boomer. So she must be the one at the oh, end. Oh, she's the one on the ship. She's the one on the okay. ship. Okay. So I don't know this lady's name. They, they And they don't seem to be... They, we gotta. I gotta feel bad not knowing her name, but... I guess it's not a big enough part for them to really give a shit about. But uh, it's not. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Anyway, so there is a paramedic down there with them. Um, it might. She might not be a paramedic. She might just be one of the pilots, right? Maybe so. Yeah, she's yeah. the one administering, you know, medicine to the guy. But I don't know if it. She's actually a medic or not. Um, her name might be Celix. S e e l i x. Played by. What's her name over here? Uh, played by Jennifer Haley. Maybe that's who it is. We're going to call her Celix. What do you think of that? Right. <laughs> I'm just going to call her that. Whatever, maybe. Yeah, Celix to the rescue. Bing, 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 ba-ding. Uh, but it's probably not. Celix is probably one of the pilots up in the sky. I don't know. I'm moving past it because I'm not going to have an answer that satisfies me. My point here is that um, they got a, they got themselves in a bit of a shitstorm and they are forced to retreat when they hear so- noises in the sky uh, Crashdown believes that moving now is better than doing a supply check and then moving out after. So whatever noise he heard in the sky made him afraid, and that's because he's a pilot and he's not a Marine. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I do I do get it. When you think of about course, you know, of course. the Cylon tech and, all right, if they if we're hearing Cylons around right now, that means they, they've probably identified where we've crashed. So that's what they're looking for. for sure. So to run over to the crash site and be <laughs> looking for the Pez dispenser you forgot to put in your pocket is not the right time to do it. Like <laughs> They are honing in on that exact place. So I get, nope, we need to get out of sight right now, hold up to where we can you know monitor the crash from here. Sure. I'm like, I get it. That's something I like about this show again. Like, I, I, I don't see Crashdown as like, ah, the impetuous, the young officer who doesn't care about his men and doesn't know what he's doing, and the chief has to stand up to him. It's nope. like, no, I get him. Like, he he makes sense. There are moments of him being a little youthful and headstrong and, and experienced, but all of his decisions seem rational. Like, there's there's some good reasoning behind them. Yep, absolutely. And her name is Celix. I, I just, I got the captions up, so. <laughs> you haven't heard a word I've said, have you? yes. Yes, I did. Um, I do want to come mashing away on your keyboard, Celix. No, no, I, ha- I have the, mis- the episode up behind me on with uh, with the uh, captions on. Yeah, and, and I'm watching that scene right now as they take off. But uh, no, I think that you're onto something there by saying, with with Crashdown, he's a, you're like, ugh, stop it. But you're never like, this is fucking ridiculous, you're stupid. Right. You always get it. This is so stupid. You always get a feeling that, like, when he snaps back at the chief. He then you see him catch himself like I snapped at the chief I shouldn't he's like okay he like relents yeah yeah and I like that that's, that's showing the struggle he's having with I'm supposed to be in command I'm supposed to be good at this but he has an idea that I didn't consider and it's probably right and I'm young and I 
just got to accept it, I guess, and he does. So I do like that. Yeah. But you never, like you said, you never feel like it's this authoritative battle for the, you know, the struggle that we're so on Chief Tyrrell's side. Exactly, exactly. They don't make him a, a cardboard cutout. Exactly, yep. So Ty and Ellen, Ty explains what happened. They jump to another location. Every watch we update the emergency jump calculations and new star fixes to compensate for inertial draft. And then we transfer them to the rest of the fleet. This time ours was updated, but theirs weren't. Gato was supposed to transfer them to the rest of the fleet. And then she's, then fucking Ellen's talking about like being breaking his ass, bust his ass. I know. She's the I was worst. like, man, oh, she's the you worst. are one, you are some kind of snake. <laughs> like Jesus. Like in this mo, in this chaotic fray where uh, Adama is dying, the Cylons are literally bearing down on you, you know, uh, Oh yeah, you know what? You should punish. We should stop to punish a guy. Like, yep. Well, should we? He's one of our smartest, most competent people. He made a mistake, and I love how Ty is mad at himself here. Yes. You know, he, he's. I should have checked before I gave the order to jump. Yep. <laughs> Fucking Absolutely. mad at himself. I love it. Uh, he's awesome. He's, so he's good a good actor too. But uh, exactly. yeah, I like I like the frustration here. I like that he's in we, we, more more stuff with the blood. We see Bill's blood on him. I like uh, I like this is intense. This kind of shit. Oh yeah. And um, Ty is is awesome. And you know we've seen Ty. Uh, uh, if anybody should have seen it, it should have definitely been seen by the ship's XO. When they had the <laughs> thing, remember they had the thing stuck on board. He's not afraid to blame himself for shit. He doesn't leave people out to dry. Yeah, which I yeah. appreciate. No, that's true. He he will take responsibility for things always. You know, it's like he. What I like, what I like about Ty is that he necessarily doesn't want to take the responsibility of having to come up with the decision, have to figure out what the plan is. But he will take responsibility in the sense of like, I will lay my own life down because of it. Like yes. I will put myself. Uh, I'll take the heat for this decision. And then um, we got to him on the CIC. This is Bill Adama's ship, and we're not going to let him die. I love this cut. Fucking awesome. Uh, from, it cuts straight from him saying it to her to saying it to yep. everyone. It's you know, mid-sentence. It goes from from a, an individually addressing it to his wife to the whole damn ship. This will be Adama's command until the day he dies, and we're not going to let him die. So say we all. Boom. Oh, uh, so good. Ty, Gata, and Kelly discuss options on finding the fleet. Kelly says they can jump back uh, and start plotting potential spots where they could be, but we're talking a twelve-hour, a twelve-hour project here, um, and that's what yeah. you got to take away from this. You don't need to know all the gobbledygook. Just twelve hours. The plan they currently have is they got to sit there for twelve hours. And Ty says, "Well, we can't hold off a Cylon-based star for twelve hours," which he's absolutely right about. Yeah, no way. <clears throat> we get a more. Um, again, this is. I like seeing Ty thrust into these crises. Yeah. And that's really, this episode is very much watching him be in command. And we start to understand a little bit, especially by the end of this episode, which talk about a great uh, a bookend just in terms of thematic pressure. The beginning of this episode with the end, which is it opens on this chaos and it ends on this chaos, this jumping around, oh, totally. the virus, to this, to that. Uh, we, we are really seeing here why Bill Adama has faith in Saltai. Because if we're to trust Bill Adama's opinion about anything, 
then the fact that he holds Saltai in such high regard, yet the show has not always been favorable to him. I think they have over time, but the Ellen thing and the drinking, you're like, what the fuck does he see in this guy? At least now right. we can see there is a dynamic personality to Ty. And this is really Ty's coming out party in terms of understanding that he does have military competence. Exactly. Outside of we- being a, a, a great pilot from back in the day. Yeah. And and being somebody who's just a ball buster who hold you know sure. we've really just see him he's he's good at being the loyal right hand man who toes the line of the boss you know who will enforce that really well but it leaves you wondering well in a moment of crisis can this man make a decision for himself can he invent the policy of what to do next or or listen to advice on what to do next and not just be you know I think that's in a way that's kind of what we see in Ty's face in the beginning I feel like that was. The what the show visually was trying to get across this kind of paralysis uh, of Ty. Sure, of, is that how he's going to be? And I think you you really could read it that way in that moment when he's looking at Adama still laying on the you know, the control board of like, oh fuck, I, I can't make a decision at all. Like he's just going to be a deer in the headlights, and we're going to just see that his fatal flaw is that without Adama, he he can't act at all. But he proves that wrong here. He yep. you know, that's that was the surprise. Uh, of this episode, right? You know, like I was saying earlier, I, I thought he was going to become a little bit more of a softy than we even thought he had in him. But instead, he's just actually a competent leader on his own. Absolutely. So, we go back to Rosalind, Billy, and Lee. Because uh, Billy's there too, which I didn't mention last time. Uh, just moping, moping alongside Rosalind. We have, we have got to jump back. We can't stay here, Rosalind says. Uh, obviously because she wants to be back there when Starbuck returns. So this is, again, Rosalind has not lost any of her conviction about the scrolls. She yeah. still believes everything wholeheartedly, and uh, we have to remember where she was at from a faith perspective because she's still there. She's thinking Star's gonna, Starbuck's going to come back. All's going to be right in the world. We're going to know. Scrolls, we're going to find Earth. It's going to be wonderful. And uh, she says, Colonel Ty can't relocate this fleet on his own without your father. So I like this because we see, we're not sure how Ty's going to fare in this episode just yet, especially if we've never seen this before. And it's almost like Rosalind is reminding us that Ty can't cut this. He can't do it. Yeah. It's almost like. I think that is the general opinion of Ty that, oh, he is a, he is a badass, you know, fighter for Adama's sake. And outside of that, I don't know what he's really capable of. And I, I think Rosalind certainly doesn't believe in his capabilities here. Lee says that he will not be able to get near the CIC after, of course, holding a gun to Ty's head, which he seems to regret because he says it didn't get me anywhere. Yeah, yeah, you know, and Rosalind is the one who who's still trying to to say no. You you took a stand, and that's it, it's the act of taking a stand itself that matters. But uh, <laughs> you can tell Lee's the utilitarian, unconvinced by that argument. Like, well, yeah, but it fucking amounted to shit. Now we don't even have a fleet anymore. Right. Well, damn. Or perhaps he's more of a consequentialist than a utilitarian Ooh. here. It could be a consequentialist point there of view. There you go. It's consequentialism. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't know. Only the results of our actions matter, not the intent preceding them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. We'll be over here miles away from pussy. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we go to the Caprica survey team which is on the move. Oscar Mike, as they say. Mm -mm, Makes a good hot dog. (laughs) I like this. I like this uh, 
I like the forests. I like them trekking through the forests. If I told you a few episodes prior to the Kobol episodes and I said, you're going to have Celix, <laughs> so Sinus, Tarn, Chief Tyrrell, and Gaius fucking Baltar on the surface of apparently Kobol walking through the woods all banged up after a crash, you said, holy shit, that sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's cool to see these guys down here uh, doing what they're doing. And um, nice wooded area. Uh, Gaius sees a cradle of pure white. Uh, crash down, tells everybody to take five. Uh, and then uh, Celix begins to work on Sosinus. His breathing is in tough shape. Uh, he's listening oh, yeah. to the birds. He talks to Chief about the birds. I love that. That's something, a small touch that reminds us, us about these life, the lives that they lead as spacers. Never really hearing yeah. birds. I like that a lot. True. Uh, Celix True. Is, and uh, this is also a, a moment shared between him and the Chief. Indeed, too. Indeed. That kind of closeness. Sure. And then, of course, uh, I'll be damned. I don't remember the last time I listened to birds or something like that. So, uh, Celix reports they're out of Sarasone, I believe it's called. Yeah. Or Saracen. I don't know how they say it. Sar- sarin gas they're out of. They can't. <laughs> they're out of the they sarin gas? They can't pump sarin gas into his lungs and kill him. Um <laughs> <laughs> Crashdown asks Tarn about the med kits. He blames Tarn, kind of, right? He gets a little douchey here. He's like, I told you to bring them. And he's like, well, yeah. since you forgot, you have to go back. That's kind of the, that's sort of the, like, high school, I run whatever club kind of move. Oh, totally. It's a total yeah. <laughs> kind of high school, I run the club, and this is how I, this is what I think leadership amounts to. Exactly. This is young guy bullshit because he's making a decision to rectify it, but it has to punish somebody. <laughs> Whereas Correct. it's like, you should be forgetting about punishment at all the, at this moment. How about you go get it like, be a leader? Right. Yeah. That's like, okay. Like, well, we just have to handle the situation. We don't have to sit there and point a finger and be like, well, Jim, it's your fault. <laughs> well, we just need to handle it now. We just need the, the, the object has never changed. Uh, it's always just been, well, we need to get medicine for him. That, sure. That, that's that. How do we get it? <laughs> so, but the chief uh, goes to talk to the LT. He says, you can't do it alone. Callie and I are going to go with him. Um, he gets a little annoyed at this, but then he agrees. So chief immediately got- starts to take command of the situation. He does. <laughs> and you can tell, you can tell that uh crash is aware of it by the way, when he finally kind of relents to the chief's idea of like, well, okay, you can, and then Chief just turns around, just walks away. <laughs> he just he, he initiates it right away, and you can just tell he's like, "Yeah, that's how I should be. I should mm-hmm. just be a man of action in this moment, and not not a pissy, angry young guy who punishes a dude." And I love how he's like, "We'll look out for Callie," as if she's less capable than anybody there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> You're all trained soldiers. It's like, yeah, fucking chill. Yeah, well, trained deckhands, but still, they're fucking cross trained. I'm sure. So oh, yeah. they get together and they start heading back. And I like how Chief Cheryl immediately hears this. Now, we may have mentioned this on an episode prior, but I don't recall, so I'll just repeat it. And that is, this is the classic non-commissioned rank, non-commissioned officer in the chief. Totally. Having 30-some-odd years or 20-some-odd years of experience at this point, because he's probably, what, mid to late 30s? Something like that, yeah. And he's been in, the, in this shit forever. And then you get Crashdown, who's a pilot who probably went to some kind of candidate school or went to college and came out and went through and has been in way less time yet, still outranks the chief. Probably under a decade. <laughs> like, you know, seven, six, seven, eight years, you know. Maybe, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's a lieutenant, so. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah. And uh, holy shit, I like this. I like that. I like that he knows that Chief is a invaluable resource, and I like how Chief is not here for ego. As soon as he gets to go, like you see turns around he's like leave that take that pick that up let's go grab this on me rock let's go yep it's great love it love it i do indeed and I, you know before we go by the scene i do also want to point out how bad i feel for gaius you know we get that tease again of him seeing the the cradle mm. and it made me it dawned on me that moment of if Gaius ever does have a full-blown <laughs> mental breakdown, the man won't be able to distinguish his hallucinations from the wild shit that Six is showing him. I'm Indeed. like, he has both kinds of madness all at once. I'm like, God, this poor bastard. And you are you uh, you believe that she is trying to what sort of looking for manipulate him by way of giving him visions to to push him. So far, okay, but that's what I said. Like that, the way he has. How would this we ever know, right? <laughs> exactly. And that's what made me question. Of like, God, maybe he's really having his own nervous breakdown and just hallucinating about the things that Six has shown him, or this is another vision directly from Six. I'm like, God, you would never be able to know. Oh, the worst kind of losing your mind. So back to Cylon occupied Caprica, Starbuck, Hilo, and Bummer doing their thing. Uh, another good scene. So they all look down at the dead Six. Consciousness is being downloaded into another body right now. When she wakes up, she will tell them where we are, Boomer says. And Hilo says, she's right. And Starbuck is like, fuck this shit. Sharon the <laughs> Cylon that. is Sh- right. Yes. Sharon the Cylon. <laughs> Let's just all listen because that's a good idea. And the thing I like about Cylon. this is that I like this hard-hitting, between-the-eyes statement that Starbuck gives Hilo. I get it, Hilo. I remember how you always felt about her, right? I mean, she's getting mm-hmm. personal with him and saying, I get where you are, where, why your head's in the fucking clouds right now. But that's not the real <laughs> Sharon, okay? It's a knockoff copy. And Boomer's like, no, 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 no. I'm the real Sharon. And starts to I recall memories this. that provoke Starbuck. Starbuck to almost fucking blast her. What do you think about all this stuff? And what, what what's going on here? I want your take on this shit. Oh man! Well, I think it's a, it is a huge reveal hidden in a small moment. Um, I think for one, it's hard at this point to tell how far back in time this Cylon effort and conspiracy and espionage or whatever was being enacted. But I think this is a big sign um, because I I do genuinely think we we still there are still aspects of the Cylon you know human lookalikes that we don't fully understand. But I do believe that it's not that the Cylons, you know, I I don't think that the Cylons were monitoring human beings. And there was at one point a true, genuinely human Sharon who they went, ah, okay, we're going to make a copy like her. And then they copied her, killed the real one, and inserted one of the the new Cylon Sharon copies to and, and then they started using, you know, that version of it to do other things as well. I don't think there was ever a human Sharon. I think they in you know they sent down their Cylon Sharon from jump so any memory they have of oh you know Sharon when we went to the academy together that was always a Cylon like there's always I like your style there's always only been a Cylon Sharon so i think the way they talk they're like oh i know we go way back and i remember your feelings about her at that time i'm like fuck so have they known Sharon for like 10 years like does it go that far back have the Cylons had a human version of of themselves to 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 already be embedded that long ago 
because I think that's what it means, man. I think and this I is like, a. Damn. I, I think this is a, this is a fascinating thing that you're starting to prod. You are, you are, uh, you're you're like uh, Doctor Grant, and you're in Jurassic Park, and you and you started brushing away some dirt, and you, what's this? Right? You brushed yeah. away. Oh, here's a little more. You blown away, and you start to unearth this whole concept, which I was looking forward to arriving at. Oh, uh, so I'm glad that you're starting to wonder. So wait a second here. You're starting to deduce. What does it mean? How long have they known Sharon? How long has she been a pilot? Yeah, Sharon has memories of being a kid. We would assume. Do we know that? We don't know. Has she ever mentioned those? Who knows? I haven't heard them. Hmm. I don't think. But we do know that she has been with these people for a long time. Presumably, however long they've all been serving on the Galactica together, which is likely a while. Yeah. Years. Years at least. Years? Years. So, what does it mean? Does it mean there was a Sharon that was replaced? You're not thinking so. You're thinking... I don't think so. So they said, we're going to drop now. Did she grow from a child? Ooh, I don't think, man. Did they, I just, think, you know, did they just open up a pod one day with this whole fucking thing programmed and then she walked to the academy as an adult? Did she grow? Was she just maybe. manufactured and then and inserted I mean, shit, into I, whatever? I mean, think about it. Yeah. You could be up on a starship and if you have this power, you could say, hmm. I'm going to insert this person into this other person's life. Matthew Anderson, I could be a Cylon. <laughs> right? True. You don't know me. You know, of all of, of all my friends that you know, you know that Josh has probably known me the longest. But suppose I walked into his life because I was part of a Cylon plan 18 years ago. He, would, <laughs> he wouldn't know. Right? Hell no. So that's when you got to start thinking the following. Do I want to say this? No. <laughs> No, I'm not going to say it because it's too, a little too spoilery. Um, and Ooh, I want to okay. see you try to arrive at this thought process that I started to have um, shortly after this episode. I started to think, I, started, I, I was thinking the same thing as you were. And then I started to think of this other thing. And um, it's a, along the same idea that you have in terms of timing. Timing. Yeah. We'll see if it comes yeah. up. If it does, I'm going to let you run with it, but I don't want to offer it. Because yeah. I don't want to venture too close to spoiler territory. Well, and I do, you know, for me, I, I think it must be one or the other that there there was a human, a human who looked and, and was what the Cylons copied to be Sharon. You know, there was a human version of her at one time. Doesn't mean any of these people ever met that one. It's just that's the, the blueprint of a person that the Cylons decided to take. Now, pause um, right there. Has the sure. show set that precedent yet? Has that been confirmed? And I'm asking no. because I don't remember. I don't think so. No, no. I mean, we we still have no idea. All we all we've the never show seen a ever... human say, "I am this human being." That's not that person, right? We've we've yet to see that. Like uh, we, we've yet to see Joe Blow say, "I'm a human being." This the I'm a human. They tried to replace my identity. We we've only seen. Oh that. yeah, no, no, we, that we, yeah, that hasn't happened. Okay. 
Um, the only thing the show has explicitly said about the the human Cylons is that there are twelve types. Sure. Uh, and and we still and that's still a mystery. Twelve different looking types. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. That, and we don't know who delivered that message. That just that was on a piece of paper that was slipped under uh, Bill Adama's door. There are twelve different human looking Cylons. You know, models. Sure. Um, so that's all. That's all we know about it. We have no idea what that means. Whether those those models are based off of real people, or at least at one time, people who were alive. Did you or guess? If they were just, did you have a guess on that though? Sorry to interrupt you. Did you have a guess on who that person was that slipped a note? Oh, you know, because I, I thought I, I thought they I thought they hinted pretty heavily as to who that may have been, but I could be wrong. That's why I don't want to say really. anything. At at the time of that episode, I might have had some thought. At this point, I I, I have no idea, man. Yeah, mm, yeah, no, I have no idea. Other than it's possible it could have been Boomer, <clears throat> but why? <laughs> why would she do that? Why would the Cylons want them to know that there's twelve models? I don't know. Yeah, so I still I'm okay. I'm no totally problem. I was just curious. That. Yeah, for sure. So continue. Um, well, yeah. So no, I mean, that, that, I am. I'm still also up in the air on just are the human-looking Cylons a complete and total Cylon in- invention that are that is you know they they designed a person themselves and made all these copies of them, or are they all based off of actual human beings? You know, an individual who is or at least once was alive. That I can, I don't know. That I'm like fuck. You know, I, I just I don't know. If- if that was the case, it would definitely have to be a very um, a very thorough infiltration job because you'd have to ensure that identity could not be challenged and that you knew every single possible detail that only that person would know. So they'd have to have a way to to get memory from humans to to exactly. to uh, you know something like that. Well, like I could I could totally imagine that they have the technology to like you get a person's DNA and in that moment you could create the perfect clone of that person sure. who even has their memories all the way up until that moment. And then you kill that person in their sleep at night and replace them with your Cylon, who is the exact copy who has all those memories uh, from then, you know, everything before that. It's science. And nobody fiction, would ever baby. know. It's science. They would fiction. just keep living. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Terrifying, but fascinating. <laughs> so you could speculate about it for days. She's a Cylon. You've been had. We've been had. So what am I supposed to be? Nice to her? Because she says she's pregnant? <laughs> and then Hilo grapples with Starbuck. He reveals that she's carrying my child line. Hilo says she ain't lying. Starbuck says they always lie and that you can't have a baby with a machine. I know what she <laughs> is, but she is not like the others. She is not, Hilo insists. Matt, you know, is she or is she not like the others? All the way through this scene, even though I want to say something about Starbucks' point of view, but first, uh, all the way through this scene, I'm going, I see, I can totally feel for Starbucks and how crazy this looks, but I, yeah, I think Hilo's right that in this moment, this particular boomer is is not involved, or at least is not activated to be involved <laughs> in this moment. It is genuinely believing that she's helping Hilo and wants to help Hilo. And then she steals the fucking Raider. And I was like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> um, so I have no goddamn idea now other than I guess I guess she is still a fucking Cylon, isn't she? I don't know. Bitch Maybe that's ride. the long con. Maybe they want, they're all just trying to get knocked up. They're trying to get all pumped full of human baby mm. gravy. 
Why would they want to do that? To make some kind of news. I mean, that's the, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even make that joke. Or I wouldn't even speculate in that direction if it weren't for also six doing this whole thing with guys. Sure. So the fact that that all that had already happened, and there's this whole thing going on with you know the uh, Caprica Boomer and Hilo, it makes me go, well, shit, is that part of the Cylon? agenda they 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 want to both wipe out humanity but kind of make some weird hybrid with it as well beforehand or maybe i, don't know. I mean we've but, got we've got two examples of it now back to back right and we're we're dealing with you know thematic structure is a thing in television and that's we have ty overcoming his obstacles to take command and and, and do something that he's in a situation for that's challenging we have chief tyrell doing the same shit down on the surface and then we have these other through lines with the, the Cylon treachery involving kids, one with Bummer. Um, and then, of course, we're going to talk about Galactica Bummer as well, but but uh, Caprica Bummer and uh, in Six. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not an accident. So, oh, damn. Ty checks out on Adama. Adama needs surgery. And uh, we get some flashbacks here. Okay. So, we're learning a little bit about the relationship of these guys. Should we talk about this? I suppose so because uh, I they go back even further than than I would have thought uh, at least initially. Sure. So they go back to the first Cylon War. Oh wow, it's that far. So they were pilots together, and because I was going to say, you know, part of part of what struck me about these flashbacks was how rugged everything looked. Like uh, <laughs> it, for one, actually, you know, we I can explain that to you. Okay, good, because, you know, we haven't technically reached this particular flashback yet, but there's a point where they're kind of in a barracks or a bunk area, and I'm like, that looks like prison. Like, they, they look like they are in a real grimy, bad place, uh, but you say you can explain that. I can. So, okay. and, and it won't spoil anything. I'll make sure not to. <clears throat> so, William Adama, of course, known as Husker because of his voice, uh, was in the military. <laughs> Uh, he was in the first Cylon War, and he was a Viper pilot. And as a Viper pilot, he came across the attention of Saltai. Uh, but he met Saltai, I believe, after. So the war ends, Adama marries his first wife, and afterwards his military career starts to decline. And Adama's or Ty's? Adamas does because okay. its war has ended. So the first yeah. Cylon war is over. Now, consequently, if you're a warrior and war ends, things change for you. So he gets discharged and he finds himself serving on a commercial freighter. That's why it looks the way it does. Okay. And it's sense. here that he meets Saltai. So he doesn't fight with Saltai in the war. He meets him after the war. And here is where they become friends. And aboard this commercial ship. Okay. Aboard the commercial ship, which is why, if you pay attention to some of the dialogue, he talks about having a friend in a high place who can get us back into the fleet, which is this That's whole right. backstory for Ty, which is after the war, Ty thought, what else am I going to do with myself? He started drinking. Things got bad. He decided he was going to fucking kill himself. I mean, he's going to light himself on fire. That's it. And he gets to knock on the door. And I know we're jumping ahead on this, but that's fine. We're telling the story now. And Adama essentially saves Ty's life, which he never forgets. Yeah. And then they return to the fleet. Adama uses uh, the connections, right, in the defense council 
to get reinstated, and he also reinstates Ty. And that's that woman with that pull is Zach and and um, and Lee's mom, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah. There is that. He has a quick bit of dialogue in that one scene later on where they're talking in that kind of weird bunk area where he was, it's something about yeah, powerful in laws or something like that. Yep. Her name was uh, Caroline or Carolyn Adama. I don't recall, but yeah. So yeah, that's kind of what you see. That's why the ships look like they're in really disarray and they got shitty bunks. It's because they're on a freighter that does the yeah. what's known as the Caprica Toron. Caprica Taurus. <laughs> and um, that's where that's where they met. Interesting. Pretty, okay. Pretty cool. That makes sense. So now you got that backstory. That doesn't really spoil anything. Just gives you a little bit of info. The info. So anyway, that explains all the, sur- uh, the surgeries. That explains all the flashbacks, which we don't have to come back to. But anyway, Ty just tells the medic straight up, you're going to have to do the surgery, Jamie Bamber's wife. <laughs> too damn bad I love it I don't care if your husband's in jail <laughs> I love this I love this empowering stuff here I love how he says you're just gonna have to do it today you're a doctor <laughs> love that line today you are a doctor that's it um, uh, so small scene but a scene that it's no there's no hesitation from Ty and when I say in hesitation I don't mean like when Adama dies and shit hits the fan, he pauses for a minute to collect himself. But there's yeah. no, well, do you think you can do it? What are your thoughts on this matter? Right? Yeah. He does not yeah. have that discussion with you. He says, today you're a doctor. Hoping that that inspires confidence in her, which it does. It does. It absolutely does. But I like, you know, he he's somebody who can definitely reconcile with the fact that there are no other options. Like, he can sure. make his peace with that. He doesn't try to pretend or, well, well, what if we could do this? And it's like, well, you can't. Mm-hmm. We were doing this. This is our option now. There, right. there is one option you have executed. That's right. And he doesn't get her opinion on it. He just tells her, done. <laughs> yeah. Today you're a doctor. And then he takes a stroll to the brig where they got old Galactica Boomer locked up. Ooh, damn. Hmm. Talk <laughs> to they me. They go all Guantanamo Bay on her here. In the talk, fucking scene. talk to me. Oh my God. He walks in and just paces. Yes. <laughs> just paces like a fucking lion around a wounded gazelle. Has nothing to say to her. Uh, but, you know, Great we scene. still get. Oh, it's it's fantastic. I love how I the love Marines how are... are faceless in the corner of the shadows. Totally. Disagree. But I love how many there are. Like, oh, we yeah. know <laughs> how strong the Cylons have shown themselves to be. And they are taking no fucking chances here. They have all these guys. She like, at did least shoot Adama in the there. chest twice. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have seen the, uh, that the, uh, oh, I, oh, I will be cursed to forget that fucking Cylon's name forever and ever. It's Doral. one of Rosalind. Doral. We saw in that scene a display of Cylon strength. That, you know, you can be like, I could just kick this table out of the way. And sure. And he pops the fucking chain like it's a piece of yarn. Oh, no, 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 no. That's Leoben. That's Leoben. Leoben. There we go. That's it. That's that guy. You know, you're so, cursed to forget Doral's name, though. He's the one that was the reporter. Both of them. Okay. <laughs> Leoben, Doral. That's it. They're just gone for me. <laughs> um, but, but that, you know, I mean, they're the fucking Terminators if they want to be. I mean, 
terrifyingly strong. So I sure. love that even though she displayed no physical strength, they have like eight Marines in there that are just like, no fucking way. We are on you. Uh, but also, what you know, my favorite thing about this scene is I still 100% believe in what she's saying as the human Galactica Boomer. She, I think she genuinely cares. He is alive. Is he okay? The commander's all right. Thank the gods. Like, she means all of that. You know, the actual human side of her, I, I think, is still 100% genuine. Yeah, he tries to get information out of her, then he takes out some anger on her. He decides not to shoot her, even though she taunts him. Now, is Boomer taunting him, or is Cylon taunting him? Uh, oh, I think it's the human Boomer, 100%. Yeah. I mean, we saw her try to kill herself before and hesitate and fuck up. I think now she is at the point where she fully knows that I must be a Cylon. We, know, we've seen I, her taunt before, too. We've seen her get after Chief a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it's uh, not- And I, I think she is just, she sees this as the end of her rope as, as far as even if, uh, you know, even if I don't understand what I am yet, I'm obviously a threat to everyone and I can't control myself. And there, and if I really did just shoot Adama, then my life's pretty much over. That's, sure. that's that anyways. Like, we, you know, we're done. And I, I could just see her having that kind of suicidal point of like, fuck it. <laughs> if I'm a Cylon that's attacking all of us, I'm pretty much giving up hope on my, you know, my sex life and all those other fun, normal human things I get to do. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So the Chief's fire team starts to move. They cut through the tall grass looking for supplies. Tarn finds the med kit and they bug the fuck out. Chief's got to move quick. On their way back, Callie complains about carrying the LT's kit. They tug of mop duties. They get ambushed from a high ridge. Tarn gets perforated. Bad news bears. Damn. Yeah, he gets lit up. Good God. But, you know, there is such a... This scene is shot so strangely in the sense that we we never get a look at what's behind those muzzle flashes on the ridge. Nope. You know, you don't see Cylon toasters up there firing down. You don't really get a look at all. Like, it adds this further conspiratorial mystery to it. Yep. Two two reasons I put on I put down for that. Uh number one, limited effects and two budget. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I guess of course like the idea of never really seeing your attackers because they're ambushing you from a ridge line. Oh me totally. Yeah. I think that's yeah. that that's terrifying. That's cool. I like that. That is true. Yeah. So yeah, he gets uh, banged I, up. Uh Callie tries to offer covering fire and then Chief runs out of cover to grab Tarn, which in my opinion earns him a fucking medal. Um, right yeah and then he carries the guy to a safe spot where they put down and unfortunately tarn does not make it he dies uh it's traumatic we didn't really know tarn or care about tarn but (laughs) observing the chief's reactions i think is what makes the scene so awesome amongst the chaos um yeah Uh, 100 you know because he's lost He's lost people at this point. You know, there was that whole, you know, when uh, Ty was the one to make the call to flush a whole section of the ship. You know, he lost people. But this is one of those times where I think, God, I don't think he's been this intimate, this close to somebody as they're they're dying, you know, on the show maybe ever. different. Yeah. I mean, this is real heat of the battle death here. You're right. You you, you fucking, it's different to be, it's up close and personal, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I still think that's a new experience for him. Yeah, I like this a lot. I like how the chief tries. I like how he gets mad. He gets pissed off. I love this moment where Callie has to pull him away. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucking Tyrrell. Maybe the most, you know, 
I, I think if I had to pick characters on, on the basis of, you know, good heartedness or whatever, I think Chief does take the cake. I, I think that he is the most pure hearted character. He's a pop of the show, right? He's got such oh, a pop yeah. bear mentality to him. 100%. So the Chief snaps up Tarn's tags, I believe. And then when we go over to Gaeta, uh, who's really contemplating the weight that rests on his fuck up, which is oh, funny because poor guy, Data, Data, Gaeta is <laughs> so efficient. He's so good at his job all the time. He's such a great officer. He's yeah. proven valuable time and again, just in sheer competency at his post. But Definitely. this time, he's really it's really weighing heavy on him, and he's like, listen. It was crazy in there. You can't blame yourself. Yeah. I think that was an exceptional moment where mistakes will be had. That's right. You know, and he probably wasn't the only one to fuck up something. I'm sure somebody forgot to log out of their email account before they <laughs> left their computer screen there at the deck. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure not every fucking T was di- uh, crossed and the I dotted. You open up your laptop to show your nephew something cool and you fucking left your porn journal open and... Mid-video, the sound kicks up before you can even yeah. log in and, and mute it. Jesus. What's this crazy pop-up? This ain't mine. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I, I don't, don't you hate those pop-ups that just have loud sex sounds, you know? <laughs> don't, you hate those, Damn. don't you hate those 17 and a half minute pop-up sex scenes? Well, uh, <laughs> it was crazy in there. You can't blame yourself. He thinks of a plan after lining up some soap, and then he darts off to the CIC with his plan. We jump back. Eureka! Eureka! <laughs> Running down the fucking street. We extra, extra. Uh, he, he, we jump back uh, and network the computers, he says. We linked. When linked, we only need 10 minutes. And then Kelly says, listen, Boom. essentially reminding them there is a no network policy uh, that he never wavered on. <clears throat> Kelly's against it. And then Ty grabs the one MC and he says, begin jump prep. Those are my orders. <sighs> so good. Love it. I love that he doesn't even frame it as any kind of debate or there's going to, oh, well, uh, what do you think? Ah, damn it. You know, and trying to, you know, it's just, I'll walk over and make my decision. That's that. That's the final. Also, call me crazy, but I don't really remember Kelly being around that much in season one. (laughs) He is, they use him a lot in the miniseries. He is the landing control officer. Yeah. Or uh, land, he's the LOS or the LCS they call it. He's he's he pops up now and again. Yeah, because he, he's prominent in the last episode and this one. But I was like, I don't feel like I'd seen him much before that though. He comes and huh. goes. Yeah, comes comes and goes. This vital character who can butt heads with Ty. Yeah, comes and goes. It's like a Chief O'Brien. You know, sometimes he's on the Enterprise, sometimes he's not. There you go. He was a mainstay in DS Nine, but I'm just saying for the Total, most part, yeah. he's kind of there and then he's not. All right. <laughs> So, more freighter talk. We already kind of covered these flashbacks. And then uh, Ty frees Lee. He promises to be a good boy. I will not sow insurrection. <laughs> uh, Ty tells him that uh, pre-flight is underway in the ready room. And then we get a great moment. Talk to the hand shit. Rosalind, Colonel, once you find the fleet, I'd like to have a word with you. First of all, you're in jail, bitch. Cool your jets. <laughs> And he goes, there's Ugh. nothing to talk about. You went up against the old man and you lost. That's it. See ya. Shut that she, big, uh, heavy door. 
<laughs> I felt so bad for her in that moment because this is like the first time of Rosalind having no cards to play. Like, nope, you are already in the jail cell. Like, you you, you have no lever to pull here nope. over anybody. Zippo. That's it. Zippo. Oh, God. And then um, we really start to get into this this final act here, which is so incredible. Oh, um, my God. It is essentially the the final action right here. Right, yeah. Tie on the they CIC. Have, you know, we, that's one thing we didn't mention, that Gata, you know, it said Kelly's big concern, obviously, is that the reason they don't have networked computers is because it's very easy for the Cylons to hack in and, and then take control over the entire ship. Game over. Or, you know, at least in crucial systems through the, the fact that the, there's a network to access. Um, so, you know, that's, that's why the Galactica has, I mean, there's plenty of computer systems on here, but they are not networked. There is no... No communication between these computers that can be entered into. So, uh, Gata still had to create firewalls to buy them time. So, sure. there's what? I think five layers, five different firewalls he has mm-hmm. between the Cylons being able to hack, uh, you know, the Cylons and their navigation systems, their weapon system, all these things that, you know, just buy them enough time. And then he's able to even whittle it down from 10 to seven minutes is all they need to hold off the base star and all of the raiders. Uh, and get the actual calculations to figure out what the jump point the the fleet got to. That's right. And it's important to note that we did get an example of this, if you recall the miniseries, where they simply shut them off. Oh, I'm trying to remember that. Remember that? They just shut off the ships in the miniseries, that first wave of attacks. Oh, the other the other battle stars? Yeah, we, we saw... That's no, right. no, no, on the Galactica. We saw... On the Galactica? Yeah, because... They, they're using old Vipers. They're not That's using right. the latest Vipers because the latest Vipers were all networked. And we saw the moment where they're like, all right, let's go get out there with our That's missiles. It. And then they just all went adrift. And they're bumping into yes. each other. And, and shit. then they just oh. went and just fucking launched their missiles and took them all out easily. Oh. So that the, right. the fear is, is if you too. crush through this firewall, the, the Galactica just shuts off. I mean, it's that dangerous. That's why. Yeah. They just flip a switch. The, the only reason they're even survivors is because these were never retrofitted with the new tech. Yeah. Because of Adama's standing order. Um, and they had the old Vipers on board because they had a museum wing, remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck. I think they it's still... It's a good show. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I think they do still use some of the new Vipers because I think they do retrofit them to go back and eliminate that. I... I pretty sure that's the case i don't think they're all mark ii vipers but i could be wrong yeah damn that's right though good stuff good stuff so ty says we jump <laughs> to my credit it has been like a year since <laughs> since we watched the miniseries fair enough ty says uh, we jump in hold off the cylons crunch the numbers and we jump out that's it simple plan and then he kind of says under his breath uh, but not going to be so simple to do <laughs> <laughs> so insert great music. We start the build up here. Gator reports that they are ready to jump. Gator's software firewall is ready. Uh, Gator wishes Gaius was here. In another great moment from Ty when he says, "The hell with that! I'll take your word <laughs> over that shifty son of a bitch any day." Oh yeah, God, and what a what a succinct little yes. summary of, of Ty's philosophy right there. Because you know it it is certainly true. That Gaius is probably on the IQ scale he's out, alone. Oh, out of control. He could build firewalls oh, he, that the sounds might not even be able to break. Exactly. Way smarter. Way, you know, smarter technically than Gata is. 
But that's not what matters to Ty. Correct. It is matters that you are Trust. a man I can rely on. <laughs> you, you are trustworthy. You are good. You know, yeah, I, I think Ty is also one of those people who very aware of his own shortcomings and how he's not the greatest guy in the sense of good guy. He, he's no Chief Tyrrell, <laughs> but he has a good fucking hound nose for people who are good. Oh, that's and for sure. Like, that's the guy you want to rely on and not that guy. Yeah. You're not going to bullshit. I love Ty. that. Hell no. Love it. The fleet jumps away. Multiple Dreadus contacts. Base star, multiple raiders. The Galactic starts oh. in with its big guns, baby. And then it puts up that point defense flak. Oh, it's just yeah. so badass. You can't get even... That's to keep the ships from getting close. And then the battle commences. We got pilots cracking jokes. Adama's heart stops. Get me a knife, the medic says. How gangster. Uh-huh. Lee orders uh-huh. weapons free. They get to it. The Cylons shoot a virus into the computer. They begin to drop firewalls. We see a new bogey, a big heavy Cylon Raider. I know what it's called. Yeah. The Galactic. A fucking Cylon Berserker. Yeah. Basically. Galactic takes some big hits. The Marine asks Rosalind to pray. This is excellent because now we're starting to see this idea that she might be a religious leader. Yes. Because and that, his words you know, are, help our prophet Laura guide us on the path of righteousness that we might destroy our enemies. And that, Wait man, a second. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fucking crucial because until that scene of this episode, I'm sitting here going, well, is this it for Raza? Sure. Are, are we going to see her in a jail cell for the rest of the show? Or is she, is she going to be put on trial and deposed? Or like, what else can she do? Like, she has, you know, like we were saying just a minute ago, she has no leverage anymore, no, nothing to pull. Except for this, Except we are seeing it, it, it's so it is so well done. The fact that this is not, you know, I feel like a lesser show would have had, you know, the Galactica's Galactica's equivalent of like the religious peasants like banging at the door, <laughs> like let us in to see our leader. Yes. We love her. I love that it's revealed that in this scene, it's one of the Marines, one of the soldiers is like. I got to pray. I, I want to pray with you. You know, sure. like it is, it has so many people on this ship. So many military officers and, and soldiers are also religious believers. And Adama is not. And if they all have this hardcore belief that no, she is the prophet. And this is how things are supposed to be. They're not going to let Adama fucking completely. Well, they're not going to let her execute her or, or, you know, <laughs> completely depose her. Or, you know, she's going to have de facto power, if not official. Sure. So the Galactic takes some hits. The Marine prays. This is cut against the medic performing the surgery. Uh, The Cylons begin knocking down firewalls quicker and quicker, but the jump coordinates are almost prepped. Surgery, viruses, dogfights, capital ship battles. Uh, The new ship. Uh, Apollo begins to stray too close to Galactic's engagement zone. Break, 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 break. He's told, be careful. You're going to get yourself fucking killed. Uh, The CI, you see, was hot pursuing Right, he was really pursuing the uh, the heavy raider into the into the firing solution, which almost was bad for him. The CIC yeah. gets the word impact on the flight pod, but no fire. C- copy that, no fire. Uh, they get the coordinates, they break the network, combat landings, jump, powerful Colonel Ty, powerful. God, I love it. Oh, what a the battles in the great scene. So sequence. Good. This is the better way. Colonel uh, Colonial Signatures, we found the fleet. Uh, give Ty a medal, right? Where's his medal? Him and the chief going to get one? 
<laughs> Seriously. Ty is happy, cheering. He shakes some hands. Uh, he gets some love. His face is classic here. <laughs> Fucking deserves it. We, we, we go right to him at the infirmary. Uh, she completed her surgery. Ty goes to see him. Let's hear it, he says. Uh, managed to stop the bleeding. He's still critical. Ty has a moment alone with him. Doc's on his way. Can you hear me, Bill? Ty's emotional here. He's great. Uh, he recalls that he was drunk, about to kill himself. We've already discussed this until Sergeant Walker said, Major Adama's compliments. He wishes to inform you you've been reinstated to the fleet rank of captain. Major Adama. <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome to the fleet, sir. Ty looks in the mirror. If you just let me be, I would have died back there on Caprica with everyone else. I don't want to command. I never did. Don't you dare die on me now. Episode wrap. But wait a second. Do we get a great teaser, Mr. Anderson? Oh we see red centurion eyes piling out of that heavy Cylon Raider. Ooh, boy. Boarding God. operations, baby. Ugh. And here I've been yes. fucking sitting on that break for a uh, month and a half. Ah, uh, uh, yes, fucking sir. not able to watch next episode. See, I suffer. I suffer for our listeners, Dean. What do you? I can't make a trivia question. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right, here's a trivia question: Who dies next week? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's actually probably a good one. That's my point, though. Then you're like, oh shit, somebody dies next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. That's Battlestar Galactica Season 2, Episode 1, Scattered, Colonel Ty getting crazy. Oh, my God, yeah. Final thoughts. Damn, man. Damn. I am, for one, going to be watching the next episode as soon as we get off here. Awesome. <laughs> about damn time. Um, but, yeah. I can't wait for is... you to text me because some shit happens. Oh, Fuck. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it, man. This is a great start to the second season. Uh, I like this. It, it makes me wonder, you know, I think we talked a little bit about this when Ty's wife showed back up again and everything. Sure. Um, about how, huh, like how it, his wife and how crazy she was at first made me think that he was going to be almost reduced in a, in a certain sense. Sure. Um, but now I, I feel like this is a very bold move of the show to they're, they're saying no like ty will be very much in the spotlight always like we are forcing him to step up even further uh and i i imagine i mean it's going to be some time before adama is just up and at it and at the control station again and able to give commands and, and ready to go i mean i i gotta say bare fucking minimum a week i mean probably <laughs> you mean after open bit. heart surgery the, the exactly. old school so, one where they break open your sternum. <laughs> exactly. Like they're fucking getting the meat out of a clam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like probably more like months. I mean, so I'm sitting there going, well, shit, are we going to see, is this a signal that Ty is going to be at the forefront of the show for maybe a little while? Um, I think that's certainly possible. And I, I look forward to that idea uh, and i obviously of course like adam is not dead and the show is not going to let him die right here uh but i could almost imagine a dynamic where ty is having to kind of still be the man on deck the the forefront man while adama is recuperating and talking to him and giving you know advising him but not really able to to take the reins fully back yet and so i think that's that could be an interesting dynamic here um, and as far as, you know, it's funny at the beginning of this episode, I would, I would have sat here and said that the character I had the most unsure, you know, feelings about their fate 
would probably have been Rosalind. I'd have been like, well, fuck, like, what is she going to do? Like, she's, you know, she doesn't have any choice here. But like we were saying, once she's praying with that Marine, I think it really indicates a level of religious power that she's going to be able to wield to kind of back herself up uh, and, and not have her, you know, everything taken from her. Um, it's really more Lee that I'm actually going, what is your position going to be from here on out? I mean, like, at, no matter what, even if, you know, hey, okay, you're, you're a soldier back out on furlough, you're, you, you fought for us well, and you're still, you know, a good damn pilot. He's third in command, right? I mean, yeah, he's, I mean, he's up there. Yeah. He's up there, but you did point a gun at the head of the XO and essentially, you know, commit treason. Um, so damn, like that's not just going to be waved off. But uh, yeah, I don't the, know. The and thought, I, what what's Adam going to think when he does come around? When he does come around. Um. So so yeah, I mean, these are all questions that it's like I can hardly even speculate on because I'm like I, they're so big and they're so momentous that I don't know. I just don't. Yeah, I can't even guess at what those <laughs> the answers to that's gonna be. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine a a newfound softy Adama waking up being like, "Oh, that's fine. It's fine that you did that." Yeah. Well, uh, he he so, knows he's ties like yeah, pointed it right at me, right? <laughs> the gun thing, and Adama's like, right "Oh boy, I don't want to uh, deal with this." Uh, oh God, but fuck, man, yeah, I am really looking forward to getting back to more uh, Gaius and Six. I think that because, you know, we are left with such a big revelation in this episode, but with no real follow up of to the meaning of it or or how far out that reaches. Um, God. So, damn, it's it's an excellent setting up of tension. And it's just I'm so looking forward to it, man. I'm just itchy to go back, go and watch it right now. Well, the good news is you're going to get some you're going to get some action out of, uh, if I'm not mistaken, out of uh, Gaius. Oh, yep. Some sexy. stuff's gonna go on with Gaius, and um, I'm looking forward to. It. Of course, they have the imminent threat of the uh, of the Centurions on their flight pod. Right, like those aren't those aren't human Cylons with guile and wit. Like those are just killing machines. Like they're gonna commence attack. I'm assuming immediately. Yeah, they're so. fucking six and a half, seven feet tall killing machines. Jesus Christ! <laughs> That's it. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to be back at it. Oh, we yeah. will be returning soon for the second episode, and uh, that's going to be fun, man. So we had a good time. It's good to be back, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. So say we all, brother. Brother.